Alice in Brexit Land by Levis Carroll Read by Julian Rhine-Tutt Chapter 5 A Mad Tea Party It was a long, turbulent flight, and during the course of it, the Cheshire Cat was sick several times. Eventually, however, they came to land in the faraway realm of Middle America. Or rather, it had been far away. Now they were there, it was extremely close. Phew, said the cat. That was a smoother landing than I'm used to. On one side of them was a prairie, and on the other, a cornfield that stretched as far as the eye could see. Alice had no idea which state they were in, but she imagined it had an exotic name, something like Texachusetts or Nebrucky. Ah, America said the Cheshire Cat. Like all patriotic Brits, I would absolutely love to live here. Now, let's... Suddenly he fell quiet, for they could hear cries across the plain, peculiar cries such as, Woo-hoo! Yee-haw! And lock her up! Alice and the cat followed these voices until they reached a field that was dotted with tables, barbecues, tilter-whirls, shooting galleries and mechanical bulls. Everywhere Alice turned, there were Americans, running around in mad hats, tricorns and stovepipes and toppers. However, the maddest hats that Alice saw were red baseball caps, emblazoned with the words... Make America great again. Who are these mad hatters? she asked, only to find that her companion had disappeared. It was not at all fun to be abandoned in a strange country, or indeed a bizarre one. But Alice was a resilient young lady, and so she decided to approach the refreshment stand. As she loaded up on tater tots and deep-fried Oreos, she found herself accosted by a hare. He was six foot tall, wore a bolo tie, and sounded exactly like Matthew McConaughey. Well, howdy, drawled the hare. What's your name, sugar? Alice, she said, then added, Are you a March hare? No, he replied. I'm more of a July 4th kind of hare. Pleased to meet you, said Alice. What are all these people doing here? Why, this is the mad tea party, said the hare. It's only the merriest, most right-wing gathering of the year. Oh, a tea party, said Alice. How wonderful. Might I trouble you for a cup of Earl Grey? No can do, darling, said the hare. We had tea. We done threw it all in the harbor. We got a buttload of beers, though. Alice declined as politely as she could. Suit yourself, he replied. I'd better get back to my buddies on the main table. Feel free to come join us. So Alice sat down at the table, which was piled high with hot dogs and burgers, meatloaf and ribs. The hare sat beside her, munching on a hoagie and chugging a can of Budweiser. Alice looked about at the assembled guests. There were hundreds and hundreds of faces, but not a single one was black. This was so obvious that even Alice, a girl from Victorian England, could not help but notice. She considered asking the hare why all of his friends were white, but soon thought better of it. 
Excuse me, said Alice, but if there's no tea to be had, what makes this a tea party? Little lady, I'm glad you asked. You see, this land is ruled by a Muslim by the name of Obama. He spat out the name as though he had accidentally eaten a vegetable. We're gathered here today because we hate the man with all our hearts. He is, without doubt, the greatest sinner who ever lived. What has he done? asked Alice. What hasn't he done? said the hare. First off, he uses long, confusing words in his speeches. Words like democracy and health care. Second off, his skin is entirely the wrong color. It's confusing as heck to see the guy in charge looking like that. That certainly does sound, said Alice, but was unsure how to finish. Don't you worry, though, said the hare, because we're going to be just fine. At long last, a man has come to lead us, a true champion of the people who wants to make America great again. Ah, thought Alice. So that explains those ugly baseball caps. Oh, yes, indeedy duty, continued the hare. America shall be great again, and the South shall rise. Be careful it doesn't rise too far, said Alice, for then it would be the North. The hare, who did not seem to appreciate this advice, merely wrinkled his nose and returned to his hoagie. Alice was about to ask the name of their new leader when a band began to play, and the whole group leapt to its feet for a hoedown. Obama ain't our president, cause he was born in Kenya, which is in the Middle East, as far as we remember. Chorus! Yankees do not care for facts, just the things we reckon. Number one, we love our flags, and snacking comes in second. We get all our news from Fox, cause they are always truthful. Did you know that Hillary eats babies to stay youthful? Muslims wanna blow you up, and Mexicans are lazy. Or is that the wrong way round? It's all a little hazy. Blacks complain they have it hard, but we just tell them save it. They came here to steal our jobs, all cozy on their slave ships. Don't you tell us that our guns could put our kids in danger. We wish Jesus had a Glock to play with in the manger. Sometimes we feel dead inside, as though our hearts are failing. Then we think of flags and snacks and good old Sarah Palin. Alice surveyed the devastation this mad dance had caused. Some of the revelers had jumped up on the table, trampling their food and smashing their plates. Some had even jumped onto their barbecues and been horribly burned. As bewildering as Brexit land could be, it was nothing compared to this place. Alice thought it extraordinary that these people should share a language with her when their attitude to life was so different. I hope you don't mind me saying, began Alice, in a tone of grave reproof, but I don't think one ought to go around disliking people due to the colour of their skin. Instead of responding, the hare leapt up on the table and yelled a phrase, to which the group responded without missing a beat. What do we like? Pretzels and hot sauce and foam hands and trucks. What don't we like? Libtards and eggheads and arabs and cucks. The hare sat back down, looking much pleased with himself. I'm not sure you heard me, said Alice, 
But again, I think you're being dreadfully unfair to your Mr. Obama. I don't give a damn what you think, Limey, the hare replied. That's why we had the original Tea Party, to take back control. We left the British Empire in what became known as Brempexit. Suddenly, all the charm had vanished from his Matthew McConaughey voice. Well, it's getting late, said Alice. I should head off. It looks as though the party's winding down. Oh, no, darling, said the hare with an icy tone. This party's just getting started. Alice looked around her, for there had been a change in the atmosphere. The revellers no longer laughed and shouted woo-hoo, but rather muttered darkly and reached underneath their chairs. Alice's blood ran cold when she saw them putting on a different kind of hat. Tall, white, pointy ones, complete with eye holes. She heard a sudden whoosh and turned to see a group of white hat wearers setting fire to a cross. This was all too much for Alice, and so she got up, ran away from the table, and tore through the cornfields as fast as she could. Such was Alice's haste that she forgot to look where she was going, and clang, ran headfirst into a wall. Not just any wall, mind you. A wall made of solid gold. Picking herself off the ground, Alice was overwhelmed by a repugnant, eggy stench. She looked up to see, perched atop the golden wall, none other than Trumpty Dumpty. Chapter 6 Trumpty Dumpty This creature was more peculiar than any Alice had yet encountered. He was not fully an egg, nor could you say he was quite a man, but somehow existed in between the two states. He had orange skin, squinty eyes, and a puckered little mouth that reminded Alice of her cat's bottom. On top of all this lay a thatch of golden hair, much the same colour as Alice's, but of a texture that she had never seen before. In his hands he held a smartphone, whose screen he jabbed with stubby fingers. He seemed as angry as an egg could be, unless it were actually boiling in water, and as he jabbed, strange words burbled from his lips. Horrible. Bigly. Alec Baldwin. Sad. This piqued Alice's interest all the more. Excuse me, she said, but my name is Alice and- Shut up, cried the egg. I'm tweeting. A tweeting egg. This struck Alice as very odd. She had only ever heard of birds being able to tweet. But then again, birds did come from eggs, so it made sense they should have this ability from the outset. After a while, the egg sat back and sighed, content. Okay, he said. I've attacked a TV show, told my followers to harass a dying child, and retweeted some guy called Nazi Boy 88. It's a good day's work. As he spoke to himself, Alice noticed something odd. The golden wall, while very tall, extended only a few feet from side to side. One could walk around it without much effort at all. Excuse me, sir, said Alice, but what's the use of a wall that doesn't connect to anything? The egg finally took notice and peered down at her, annoyed. Listen, he said, this is a big, 
beautiful wall. Everybody says so. I have the best wall, the classiest wall, made of real gold. It's gonna stretch for a million miles, and Mexico is gonna pay for it, believe me. Here, he pursed up his lips and looked so solemn and grand that Alice could hardly help laughing. Pray tell, what is your wall for? asked Alice. To keep the Mexicans out, replied the egg. But sir, said Alice rather doubtfully, why then would they pay for it? Surely, if Mexicans wished to be kept out, they would simply not come in the first place. It seems rather a roundabout method to go buying themselves a wall. Wrong! yelled the egg, turning from orange to bright red. They will pay for it because I'm so good at business. Believe me, I'm the richest egg in the world, way richer than those Fabergé losers. And if you say any different, I'll sue you so hard your head will spin. Goodness, thought Alice. This egg has such a thin shell, and his hands are so very small. Alice was finding the company of this loud-mouthed Eggman far from pleasant. She felt an urge to return to Brexitland, whose strangeness was at least more familiar. To do that, she would need to locate the Cheshire Cat. Have you seen a pussy? she asked. If I had, the Egg replied, I would have grabbed it, believe me. Alice didn't quite understand what this meant, but it made her feel sad and not a little sick, although that may have been in part his sulphurous smell. So, barked the egg, what have you got me? Got you, said Alice, not at all sure what was going on. Are you an idiot? He said. I mean, what present have you got me for my unbirthday? I'm afraid I have no present, sir said Alice. And I must confess, I've never heard of an unbirthday. In my country, we merely celebrate one's birthday. Birthdays are for losers, replied the egg. You only get one a year, sad, horrible. I celebrate the 364 days when it's not my birthday. That's 364 gift-giving opportunities for the people who love me. And who are they? asked Alice. There followed a long pause. It seemed Alice had touched upon a sore spot, so she decided to move the conversation along. Tell me, sir, she began, where do you stand on the EU referendum? I don't stand on any referendum, he shot back. I sit on this wall. Are you blind as well as stupid? So you have no feelings on Brexit, said Alice. Oh, Brexit, exclaimed the egg, seemingly cheered. I love Brexit. They call me Mr. Brexit. A silly thought popped into Alice's mind, as silly thoughts were wont to do. If a British exit is a Brexit, said Alice, is a bird's hatching an exit? To Alice's alarm, the creature's eyes narrowed further and his cat's bottom mouth puckered more. Is that a threat? he growled. You want to see me crack and a bird come out? Listen, sweetheart, I know guys in the KGB who could make you disappear like that. On this last word, the egg snapped his fingers, but they were so tiny that no sound could be heard. Well, really, said Alice, it was nothing but a harmless joke. I don't find jokes funny, replied the egg. In fact, 
I'm not capable of feeling any joy whatsoever. I guess it's because my mommy didn't love me. It occurred to Alice that Trumpty Dumpty must be quite a sad egg, really. I'm sorry your mother didn't love you, she said. What? He yelled in outrage. My mom loved me more than anything in the world. No one has ever said any different. But you just told me she didn't, said Alice. That's a lie, he cried. Your reporting is horrible. Such a nasty little girl. Alice glared at the self-involved ovum, for his rudeness was quite appalling. Nonetheless, she thought she would make one last attempt to reason with him. You know, she said, you can't go around saying one thing one minute, then the opposite the next. Words do have meaning. When I use a word, he replied in rather a scornful tone. And, by the way, I use the best words, the most luxurious words. It means just what I choose it to mean. The question is, said Alice, whether you can make words mean so many different things. I can do what I want, he said. Always have done, always will. From now on, I'm going to call you Crooked Alice. And if you don't watch your mouth, I'll have you thrown in jail. Alice frowned darkly at the egg. She found herself hoping that he would have a great fall in the very near future. As she thought this, Alice was surprised to see the Cheshire Cat, who had reappeared at the top of the wall. He proceeded to lick and nuzzle Trumpty Dumpty's shell, as though trying to win his approval. The cat nuzzled and licked ever more frantically as he went on, to the point that Alice worried where all of this would lead. But the egg seemed not to notice and returned to his tweeting. Fake news, he murmured. Obamacare. Huge. Alice, now firmly convinced that the egg before her was the worst and most rancid in the whole wide world, decided to give him a piece of her mind. Of all the unsatisfactory people I have ever met, just then, the egg unleashed an almighty trump, a gust of such magnitude that it swept Alice off her feet and hurled her across the Atlantic, all the way back to Brexitland. We hope you enjoyed these chapters from Alice in Brexitland, taken from the best-selling book by Levis Carroll, out now in all good bookshops. Make sure you subscribe for the next instalment.